Hey, church, this is a pretty significant day. I don't know if you realize it's been nine years since we've added elders. Uh, in meeting with our church consulting and doing some research, we want to be in the habit of doing that a little more often, but it has been nine years. And I know you know what the Scripture says, that we as members, we're not supposed to make their work, the elders' work, a burden. We're supposed to make that a joy for them. And Scripture also says, give honor to whom honors due. So now that the elders are seated, and I'd like for them to stay seated Would you join me as we encourage them and give honor to them? Let's stand and celebrate and validate these men today. Okay, thank you. You may be seated. I guess I have a special uh, place in my heart for elders. My grandpa was an elder. My dad was an elder for 25 years. So I kind of have an inside track on uh, elders and how that affects them and their families and their wives. And so uh, uh, I want to encourage you this week, if you haven't in a while, why not send a, a word of encouragement, a card to these men and their wives? You don't have to, but we're supposed to encourage one another. Can I encourage you to encourage our elders as we uh, add two today? And now we have six. So let's, uh, let's be a joy to them because uh, we don't want to be a burden. We're in 1 John. We've been in 1 John. We're going to be in 1 John for a while. And we're going to be in chapter 2 today if you want to turn there. John is talking about assurance. And we've called the title of our series Blessed Assurance. Because John wants us to know that we're saved and he wants us to have assurance of that salvation. I write these things to you so that you may know that you're saved. He doesn't want us to have any doubts about our salvation. He doesn't want us to have any doubts about where we're going to spend eternity. And in the first two chapters, he spends a lot of time talking about God wants to have fellowship with us. God goes to great links to have fellowship with us. How far does God go? He sent His Son, Jesus Christ, to die so that we could be in union with Him. So He spent two chapters talking about that. And He's told us there's some things that can interfere with that fellowship. So He says, if you claim to know God and yet you don't obey His commands, that's going to interfere with that fellowship. If you claim to walk in the light and yet you hate your brother, that's going to interfere with that fellowship. If you love the world and the things of the world, then that's going to interfere with that fellowship. So if you want to have assurance of your salvation, he says, obey his commands and love your brother and don't love the things of this world. Now, in the passage today that we're fixing to read in 1 John chapter 2 and verse 18, he's going to talk about something else that can interfere with our fellowship with God. He calls them false teachers. He calls it false doctrine. He calls them antichrists. And he says there are many. And we're going to talk about that after we read from 1 John 2. But here's what's crucial. What's crucial is we need to talk about the identity of Jesus Christ. Not just Jesus. Not just Christ. We're going to put those together because that is crucial to who we are. So let's read from 1 John chapter 2 beginning in verse 18 where he writes... Dear children, this is the last hour. And as you've heard that the Antichrist is coming even now, many Antichrists have come. This is how we know it is the last hour. They went out from us, but they did not really belong to us. For if they had belonged to us, they would have remained with us. But their going showed that none of them belonged to us. 
But you have an anointing from the Holy One. We just sang that song. Okay? We have an anointing. You have an anointing from the Holy One, and all of you know the truth. I do not write to you because you do not know the truth, but because you do know it, and because no lie comes from the truth. Who is the liar? It's the man who denies that Jesus is the Christ. Such a man is the Antichrist. He denies the Father and the Son. No one who denies the Son has the Father. Whoever acknowledges the Son has the Father also. See that what you've heard from the beginning remains in you. If it does, you also will remain in the Son and in the Father. And this is what He promised us, even eternal life. I'm writing these things to you about those who are trying to lead you astray. As for you, as for you He says it again, the anointing you received from Him remains in you and you do not need anyone to teach you. But as His anointing teaches you about all things, and as that anointing is real, not counterfeit, just as it has taught you, remain in Him. So here's what's going on. There's some folks that believe that Jesus lived, but He wasn't the Christ. They believe that Jesus was a man, and there's folks still like that today. Jesus was a good man. Jesus had some good teachings. Jesus maybe even performed some miracles. Jesus was a good man, but they don't believe that Jesus was the Christ. And then there's some people that believe Jesus was a man, and when he was 30 years old, God came and inhabited him, and he became Jesus Christ. And for three years, he lived as Jesus Christ. But right before he died on the cross, God left him again. God was just with him three years. They denied the incarnation of Jesus, that Jesus came and lived in the flesh. He was born in the flesh, he lived in the flesh, he died in the flesh, he was in the grave in the flesh, and then God raised him up. They deny the incarnation. They, they deny the atonement of Jesus. That says the only one who can make us right with God is God himself. And the only way to do that is for God to come in the flesh and to live as Jesus Christ. Jesus isn't his first name, and Christ is his last name. Christ is the anointed one. And God sent His Son, born of a virgin, in the flesh. Yet there's folks that say, well, I don't know. Jesus is a good man. But I don't know if He was God. John says you can't say that. As a matter of fact, some folks will say, you know, it doesn't matter what you believe about Jesus as long as we trust in God. John says, it does matter what you believe about Jesus Christ. In fact, that's why Jesus said in Matthew 16... To his disciples, the scripture reading today, who do people say the Son of Man is? And they said, well, Jesus, the word on the street, some people say you're John the Baptist. Some people say you're Elijah. Some, some other people say you're Jeremiah. Some other folks say you're one of the prophets. And Jesus pressed them a little bit and said, I want to know who do you think I am? And Simon Peter said to Jesus, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus said in Matthew 10, whoever acknowledges, acknowledges me before men, I'll acknowledge you before the Father. Paul says in Romans chapter 10, that if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, and that God raised him from the dead, and we believe in our heart, then we'll be saved. That's why we still ask people today, before they're baptized, do you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God? Because not everybody believes that. In fact, John says, if you don't believe that, Pretty strong language. He says, you're a liar. And you've got the spirit of the Antichrist. 
You know, through the years, people have tried to identify the Antichrist. So you've read through the years, some people say Hitler was the Antichrist. I don't know. Maybe he was one of them. Some folks have suggested religious leaders, even the Pope, is the Antichrist. Some folks will say that some of our presidents are the Antichrist. John says it's not any one person. It's people who deny that Jesus is a Christ. In fact, John's the only New Testament writer who uses this word, so he gets to define what an Antichrist is. Look at what he says in chapter 4, verses 2 and 3. Every spirit that acknowledges that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh... That's key, that's central, that person's from God. But every spirit that does not acknowledge Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist. So the Antichrist might not just be one person. It might be a lot of people. It might be people living today. That's why John starts this letter and he says, Listen, I want you to know our fellowship's with God and our fellowship's with His Son, Jesus Christ. And he even says, the first four verses, we want you to know we've seen him. We've touched him. We've embraced him. We are witnesses of this. We're witnesses of the resurrection. God didn't leave him before he died on the cross. He was with him all the way through. John says that's crucial. Folks, that's that's huge to who we are. It's huge to Christianity. It's, It's huge to us as we call ourselves Christians. Doesn't matter what you believe about Jesus. John says, yeah, it absolutely does. In fact, he says it this way. I'm writing you about people who are trying to lead you astray. The word is seduce. I'm writing to you about some people who are going to try to seduce you and twist the scriptures and tell you things about Jesus that aren't true. But he says, you don't need to worry about that. But here's how he describes the people. He says, you know, they were with us, but they weren't of us. In fact, I read this week an interesting deal that if you look at the history of false teachers and and cults and anti-Christian organizations, that's what an antichrist is. Anti is someone who is against Christ. You look at the history of those people, most of their leaders started in a local church somewhere. John says they were with us, and then they left us. They weren't really of us. Some of our strongest opposition in the world today... Is from people who used to be in churches. They were with us, but they left us. But they really didn't belong to us. John says they're going to try to seduce you and twist the truth. And they're going to tell you things about Jesus that's not true. But he says, listen, you don't have to worry about that. You don't have to worry about that. Because he says twice, again in verse 20, he says, You have an anointing from the Holy One, and all of you know the truth. He said that previously in verse 13. You've known him who's from the beginning. He says, you've known the Father. And then he says in verse 27, As for you, the anointing you received from him remains in you, and you don't need anyone to teach you anything. Now, let let me tell you why that's important. In the Old Testament, you want to know who was anointed? Prophets and priests and kings. In the New Testament, you want to know who's anointed? Everybody who becomes a Christian. In fact, in Acts chapter 2, when they quoted Joel... God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Here's the thing about Antichrist, false teachers and false doctrines. We've talked about the Gnostics, groups of people that say, you know, Jesus wasn't really Christ. Jesus wasn't really Son of God. Here's the thing about false teachers. They want you to believe that they have a special revelation and they've received a special knowledge. And unless you listen to them and, and follow them, 
then you don't know what's right. John says, listen, you don't need a special anointing. When you became a Christian, the Spirit was poured out on you. You have everything you need as a Christian. You don't need special knowledge. You don't need a special revelation. You have the Holy Spirit. Now, folks, that's, that's huge. The Holy Spirit teaches us all things. The Holy Spirit helps us identify false teaching. The Holy Spirit helps us live in confidence. The Holy Spirit helps us to live with assurance. You don't have to be afraid of the Holy Spirit. You can be assured because of the Holy Spirit. If there's anything we need to tap into and study more, it's the indwelling of the Holy Spirit and what the Holy Spirit does for us. But John says, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. As Christians, you have an anointing. God has given every one of us the Spirit of God. So when people come along and say, you know, maybe Jesus was a good man. I just don't know if he was God. The truth says otherwise. You know why you need to be in the Word of God? Because the Holy Spirit teaches us all things. Is the Word of God the Holy Spirit? No. Is the Holy Spirit the Word of God? No. But they work together to teach us all things. So you don't have to be afraid of the Antichrist. Because you know the truth, is what he says. You're Christians. You've known this from the beginning. Nobody needs to say, hey, listen, I got a special revelation from God. All you have to say is, yeah, me too. I got one when I became a Christian. So what is it you've got to say? Let me see if that matches up with the Word of God. We don't have to be afraid of the Antichrist. Unless they're pressing you to say something about Jesus that isn't true. So here's the question for you today. Here's the question you have to answer. Here's the question you will have to answer someday. When you stand before God, He's going to say, Who is Jesus? And we confess on this earth, and God's going to want to know how we feel then, and we're going to have to say, if we believe. You know, Scripture says every knee is going to bow whether they want to or not. Do you believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God? And that He was born of a virgin, that He came from God, that He came from heaven, and He was flesh from birth to life to the cross, that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, died on the cross for our sins because He had to. And if He didn't, if you don't believe that, we're destined for hell. If you don't believe that God died on the cross, we will spend eternity in hell. You've got to believe that. And everybody who confesses that Jesus Christ is God in the flesh, rest assured in your salvation. Rest assured in your faith. Rest assured in your walk with God. So the question that you need to answer today is, who is Jesus Christ? Who is He to you? That's why we offer the invitation. I've said before, this isn't our invitation This isn't an invitation for you to join our church. This is an invitation of Jesus Christ for you to become a Christ follower. So we ask you today, who is Jesus to you? Will you confess that Jesus Christ is the Son of God? Can you confess that with your mouth? I want to encourage you to do that this week. If you're driving down the road, Just say, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. God, I believe that you sent your Son in the flesh. I want you to say those things, but I want you to believe those things. We offer the invitation of Jesus Christ today for you to become a Christ follower, for you to confess with your mouth 
that Jesus is Lord and that He was God in the flesh and God raised Him from the grave, if you want to do that today and be baptized for the forgiveness of your sins, I want to encourage you to do that as we stand and sing.